All right, today we finish uh, a series called Airplane Mode. Uh, so this is finishing our prayer series, and then Christmas series will start next week. So if you're going, where, where's my Christmas carols, Jared? Um, I, I understand. Be patient, okay? Uh, so that all starts next week, okay? So uh, Christmas series and all that stuff will start next week, um, and Airplane Mode is finished today. And I think today we've kind of been building up in this uh, prayer series uh, for today's message. And I'm, I'm really excited about today and all that it has for us uh, in, in delving into what prayer is and what it can be. And today we're going to talk about how to pray for others. Um, sometimes praying for ourselves it might become a little easier or uh, just praying or maybe we don't pray at all, but we're just kind of muddling our ways through that and trying to figure it out. And I want to take our prayer for others to a whole new level. Uh, if we have not been praying for others, that we start praying for others. If we've been praying for others, maybe we'll get some clarity in how to do that uh, better today. I'm not saying that my way of praying uh, guarantees like these five steps and you'll get exactly, God will give you everything you ever wanted. That is not a promise that is being made today. Uh, but what my goal is today is that we draw closer to the heart of God in all of our prayers and even how we pray for others. This thought of airplane mode was really to start unplugging to plug in. If you've ever been on an airplane you fly, you have to put it on airplane mode and disconnect everything uh, before you can get where you want to go. And sometimes in prayer, it seems that's the same way, that we have to disconnect from all the rumblings and all the stuff going in our lives so that we can actually connect with the one who can do something about it. So that has been the, the thesis of this whole, whole series. I heard this, this, this statement this week, and it really informs um, praying for others, and I think even how we just work with God anyway. It's this, if you give God your attention, he will always exceed your expectations. If you give God your attention, he will always exceed your expectations. And if I'm being honest with myself, you know, I, I feel like sometimes God disappointed me or let me down or he, he didn't. What are you doing? It's like, I, I really haven't even paid any attention to God. I haven't given him the attention he deserves. As king of the universe, the savior of my soul... As redeemer of my life, I still don't pay attention to him. And as we think, and you, you go through all the, the scripture, and you go through the, the stories, if you just go through a kid's Bible story book, and you read how that happens, whenever someone starts giving God attention, he exceeds their wildest expectations. And I think prayer is a perfect example of that. When we start giving God our attention, he will exceed all of our expectations. How do we pray for others? We're going to get pretty scripture heavy today. We're going to spend time in two different books. Book of James, which is a small book in the back of the Bible, written by the brother of Jesus. It is fantastic. Our men's Bible study next semester uh, will be studying James, if you've been interested in that. Um, wives will be very excited about that. It talks a lot about uh, Controlling your tongue. So there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll work on that as men. Uh, so uh, James and then the other book of Romans. So those are the two books of the Bible we'll be in today. 
Uh, if you want to put fingers there or whatnot or uh, your cell phone, get that at the right spot uh, so you can flick back and forth between the two. As always, the scripture will be on the screen. But in James, he kind of tells us easily how we're supposed to pray. And we make prayer, I think, way too complicated. We put all these caveats on it. I got to hold my teeth right. I got to be everything. Everything's got to be right for prayer. Or I'm not good enough to pray. Or I don't know the words to say to prayer. Or all these things. And James just says, this is how you pray. All right? Four, chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You're double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So how do we pray? We submit ourselves to God. We submit ourselves to God. And how I probably as a majority of my life, I'll go ahead and admit that to you, I've prayed like I was God and he was my manservant. You know, we have a list. God, can you take care of this? And I really need you to mow the grass and I need you to do these things and I need you to do that and this and take care of this little problem too. And could you make my boss not be crazy? That'd be great. Right? That's, that's how we treat God. And when we pray and we're actually treating him like we're God, and he's not. He is not our servant. He's not our butler. He's not that. He's not the lottery machine where you, you pull the handle every time you pray and you hope for three sevens. That's not, that's not how God works. But if you're honest with yourself, that's how you've been praying probably for majority of your life. And today I really want to examine that, especially when we pray for others, is we don't order God around. And it's like, God, could you take care of that for me? And this has been really true in my life. If you know my story, my mom has been really sick my whole life. And it's real, uh, you know, really visceral for me to go, like, God, will you take care of this problem? It's right here. Can you see that? Why are you not taking care of this? Let's, let's chop, chop. You're taking a little too long time. And we get like that, but that's not, that's not how this works. He is God of the universe. And we have the privilege to say, God, could you, could you maybe take care of something? We submit to ourselves. God, you are God. You are king. You are Lord. You're in charge. But I want to bring this to your attention. It's a different kind of attitude in which we bring our requests and our heart cries to God. We submit to him. And then secondly, we, it, this is talking about humbling ourselves before God. What James is saying is, you guys are all excited. You're all, you're all happy about everything that you're doing. You need to, wait a minute, you need to grieve and you need to mourn the sinfulness inside you and get rid of that stuff. Don't take pleasure in your, your own sin. Don't, don't be prideful of your, your sin and all the junk. You need to grieve and mourn. You need to humble yourself before God and get right before Him. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Sin and selfishness are the roadblocks to effective prayer. Sin and selfishness <clears throat> are the roadblocks to effective prayer. When we're sin, when we are in sin, we don't connect well to a holy God. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. God, God's holiness and our sinfulness, they, they have a problem. 
and they don't mesh well. Now, I want to be very clear here. We get rid of sin in our life, not so that God can hear me, but that I can hear God. God is not, oh, oh no, they sinned. Now I can't ever hear them again. He's not, we don't affect him. We're not taking away his God, godness by our sin, but we do affect the way in which we can hear him. It's like plugging our ears and going, la, 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 la. And God's like, well, if you took your, ear, your fingers out of your ear, then I could have a conversation. Okay, kid. You, you guys know what I'm saying? Okay, when you're a kid, it's like having a temper tantrum. Your child ever, ever, ever have a temper tantrum? No, never your, your kids. Only, my kids are the only ones that have temper tantrums in the, in the place. But your kids have a temper tantrum, and they just go crazy, and you can't control them. And you're just like, I got you a red truck. I know you're crying over the blue truck, but it's, it's a brand new red truck. Okay, I'm not gonna, even going to give you the red truck anymore. But it's like, I can't commute. I can't get in there. I can't. Stop. stop! And you just want to come. Then shaking baby syndrome when you go to jail, all right? What? I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's like the bunny ears. Now, I, I thought it was funny that I had to, like, put on Facebook, anybody have bunny ears? And everybody's like, I don't think so, all right? We, we have bunny ears. Then I got some smart uh, remarks about getting some tinfoil. But you know how, how hard it was, you know, when you, this is why my dad had me, so I could move this right and go find the remote control. This is why I was, well, I was conceived. Um, and so you, you had to do the whole, oh, oh, and then you do the leg kick. Or the, my favorite was when you grab the end of this and you touch the window panel because it was more metal. You know what I'm talking about? And then, you, then you'd leave because your arm fell asleep and your dad's like, no, I don't know if they threw the touchdown. There's no DVR because you can't rewind it. And he's like, stand there. But my arm's asleep, dad. No, I don't care. This isn't time for childhood therapy for Jared. But, <laughs> sorry. But you guys get it, right? You had to move these things all around. Uh, you, had, you had to hold your, everything had to be right for this to get the right reception. And so the signal was going out. There was nothing wrong with the signal being distributed, right? It was our being able to receive the signal. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not, um, our sin is not limiting God, but our sin does limit our ability to hear from God. And so we've got to remove that from our lives so we can hear properly. So our bunny ears are adjusted properly. We're not limiting God. God is not all of a sudden broken because we did stupid stuff in our lives. But our ears are plugged. Sin and selfishness are the roadblocks to effective prayer. When we pray selfish prayers, when we just think selfishly, that's another thing that just blocks that signal. God's trying to tell you something else. He's trying to tell you something else, and he's going, this, this is the answer to that prayer. And because it's not in our realm of selfishness, because we don't think it's the best for us, we don't listen to it. And we've got to remove those things from our life so we can hear and receive the message from God. There's three excuses I want to talk about today uh, why we don't pray and why we don't pray specifically for others. Three excuses for you. First one is, I'm not good enough. Remember, get rid of sin, not so God can hear me, but so that I can hear from God. I'm not good enough is the excuse. Romans 3, 3, 23, uh, sorry. Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely 
by the grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood by to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who's not worthy to pray? Everybody. <laughs> right? You're not you the excuse you give for not praying is you're not good enough. You're right. You're not. Nobody is. However, God took care of that because he wants relationship with you. He wants to hear your voice. And so this is why Jesus comes to earth. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus coming to earth to start the salvation process. Say, because I want to be with you. I want you to hear my voice. You are my children, and I care so deeply about you. So when we say, I'm not good enough to pray. God can't hear from me. That's, he took care of that. There's a bunch of churchy words in here, justified and redemption and atonement. But it boils down to God took care of that because he loves you, and he paid the price for you to have relationship back again, to unclog those ears, if you will. No one is good enough. I'm not good enough. You're not good enough to actually deserve to be in the throne room of God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is coming into the throne room of God and saying, um, Mr. Yahweh, sir, <laughs> I got some stuff. Nobody is good enough to do that. We don't deserve to walk into the throne room of God. But prayer, God has invited us. He wants us to have that relationship like a daddy with his son or daughter. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. That's what prayer is. And we don't take advantage of that. We miss the beauty in which Christianity can be. When we only take part, we don't take part of in prayer in our life in Christ we just get the bare bones of all it could be. It's like getting a sports car with a, with a three-cylinder engine inside of it. It looks pretty, but no, right? We get, we're not unleashing everything it could be for us. Second excuse that we give is, I don't know what to pray. This is a great excuse. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what words to say. I don't know any of these things. It's a great excuse. We give it all the time. Problem with that. Romans 8, 26, 28 says, In the same way, the Spirit's help, Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. This is Paul writing. The Apostle Paul, writer of about half of the New Testament. And if he says, I don't know what to pray, you're not going to know what to pray either. Right? Your excuse is debunked right then. We do not know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I don't pray for other people because I don't even know what to say. Guess what? No one actually knows what to say. This is the best way. If you've ever been around a toddler that is developing speech patterns, right? You have a kid or we had a, a, a really cute little guy in, in Georgia had a really bad adenoid problem. And so he talked like this all the time and you could not understand him. And except his mama. His mama could understand. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You know these kids that they talk and you're like, you're cute. I have no idea what you just said. I'll give you whatever you want. I just don't know what it is. 
and they're telling you a story and you cannot understand. And they're telling you and telling you, and, you do not, and finally mom walks in the room. She's like, I've got this. He, he, he has a blue block. Oh, you got a blue block. That's great. Yeah. It was something really simple, but they're trying their hardest to communicate. This is kind of how I feel about this. This Holy Spirit will intercede. It's the mom going, I got this. <laughs> I can understand. Does this make sense? If you've ever been around a little kid that has that, 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 that you need an interpreter, right? And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. I can't communicate adequately to God, but that's okay because the Holy Spirit says, I got this. I know your heart. I've searched your heart. This is what it is. And God's like, oh, awesome, right? Dads probably have the same problem with their own kids. And this is like the God thing. God's like, I want to pick you up. I want to hold you. I want to give you whatever you want. But I can't understand a word you're saying, kid. God's probably not speaking English in heaven. I'm just saying we need interpretation of what that what that happens. And so this is what the Holy Spirit is doing up there. uh, Well, in heaven and in in um, in the spiritual realm is taking our groans because that's what they basically are. We put English language to them, but what they are are the groans of our heart. And saying, ah, just like when your little one is crying out, Kindle for the first year, 14 months of her life, had acid reflux disease. Terrible. I just terribly. She cried nonstop for 14 months. It was awesome, right? Um, 14 months, just cried and cried. And her little fists, her, her, her hands did not come unclenched for the first year of her life because she's just, because her stomach was on fire. And she would eat anything and then it would come right back at you, right? She's just, and Kendall, I just, I, I was like, oh, this girl's going to be so dr- drama. It's got, I'm already placing like teenage years on her. I can't stand, you know, this kid. I'm just going to pull my hair out. And Bowen was like the perfect little boy. He's just chilling. He's just, what's up? Never moved. He's like, I actually used to call him my weed smoking baby. Because uh, he was just, he was just. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, full disclosure. <laughs> Kelly knew where I was going with that, and she's never. And she just gave me a look like, "Don't say that. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm saying it." Okay, we had a moment right then. <laughs> so, but he just he just was chill all the time, and Kendall would cry and scream. My dog did not like Kendall because she was so loud and crying. She'd just go hang out with Bowen in the corner and lay down. True story. And then we found the medicine that took care of that, right? And it just totally, then the sweetness overtook that once the problem was, was out with that. But we had no idea what was wrong. Was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying? You are clean. You are fed, kind of, because you keep on puking it out. But you are, you're loved. You're hugged. Everything is fine. Your whole world cannot get better than this moment. And you're still crying. What is wrong with you? We can't figure it out. And sometimes we get stuck in there. There's wordless groans at a little baby. This is how we are. We're like, to God. Fix it, Daddy. Exactly, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, and then, but the Holy Spirit takes that and says, here's what the problem is. I'm interpreting that. The third excuse that we give. So you have no excuse when you say, I don't know what to pray. It's okay. It'll be interpreted. It's okay if it's long. It's okay if it's short. It'll be interpreted. If it comes from the heart. Third excuse is, I don't know when to pray. When am I supposed to do this? 
Like, because God's outside of time. So I got this question of like, if he's outside of time and in time, and that, but if I pray now, and if I, can I pray too late? Can I pray too early? I, it's okay. Don't even worry about that stuff. You know, some of you are like, oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. You don't even have to think about that. God's got it. He just wants you to pray. Here's a scripture, James 5, 13 to 16. If anyone is among you in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. Then the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. All right. When are we supposed to pray? Is someone in trouble? Pray. Is someone happy? Pray. Is someone sick? Okay, you're catching on. Good. Is someone, does someone sin? Pray. This is real easy. Like, any time. So the answer is, when am I supposed to pray? Yes. <laughs> when am I supposed to do that? Uh, yeah, okay, you can. And I think we don't have to. We make these things. Because prayer is such a beautiful, amazing, huge life-altering, eternal-altering thing that we get to be a part of. We make it harder than it has to be. We feel like, well, if I'm not standing on one foot and hopping around, I'm not doing it right. No, no, no. It is this groaning of our heart saying, God, this is who I am, humbly and totally selflessly giving our all to God. In whatever situation, if that's for a purpose or a situation or a, or a person or a place, it is just this selfish, humble to God. It doesn't matter when you do it. It doesn't matter if you don't have words. It doesn't matter. Come before God. If my kid has a problem who I love dearly, they don't have to wait in line to tell me they cut their leg off. Right? I'm bleeding on the floor. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to. There's not an appropriate time for that. Come to me now. Just scream wherever you're at. It's okay. I love hearing the kids downstairs. It's awesome. Stop giving excuses and pray. This is our biggest weapon against the enemy against Satan, is prayer. And we don't even dust it off. My grandpa had a gun in his house for the last 60 years. And he never once took it out, cleaned it, did anything to it. My dad found it in the attic when we were cleaning out his stuff. It's all rusted and stuff. There's, there's no purpose in this tool. Like, if you shot that, you would kill yourself, not anybody else, right? Anything else. No rabbit was in danger, just your face. And that's, that's all that's going on. And I think sometimes we don't pray and we, we, we just, we're, we're no danger to the enemy. We're, we're not prepared for anything. We, we've let that part of our life just get rusty and not effective. And praying, there is no right way, a perfect way to pray. It's just prayer is the right way to pray. As long as you're humble and selfless in the prayer. Don't order God around. The right attitude equals right prayer. I want to pray, want to do something a little different today. I want to pray for three different situations uh, going on right now. And then after that's over, 
I want you all, you guys can go ahead and do this now. I want you to take out your Christmas buying list. Band, come on forward. Jimmy's going to play through this. Um, I want you to take out your Christmas shopping list, if you have it with you on your phone. Or, or put on, flip over your uh, worship folder and write three or four names that are on your Christmas shopping list. Uh, because those people are probably the closest to you, right? You, you don't spend money on people you don't care about. If you have to, I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> you need to reevaluate the way you guys do family <laughs> stuff. Um, but I want you to take those out because I want to pray for three different situations in this church. Just this is how I pray. This is not a perfect way of doing it. This is not a good way. I don't know. I'm hoping it's a good way of doing it. This is how your pastor prays. Okay. So you can emulate that if you want. You could not emulate that if you want, but I'm just going to pray for these people. So you go, oh, that's all he does. That's okay. I don't have a, I have a prayer book in my office. I've read it twice, like just two prayers out of it because I don't have canned prayers. I don't operate that way. Maybe you grew up and you had these set prayers that you always had to pray. I, I just don't operate that way because I know I come to prayer as a little kid coming to his daddy and saying, fix it, please. That's, that's what I do. I might not understand why you didn't fix that. You mean I broke it really bad? Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's how I come to God though. Does that make sense? Okay. And so as we look at this Christmas list, I want you, after we get done prayer, we're going to have an extended time of, of just quiet music. You're not dismissed yet. We're going to have an extended time of quiet music after I get done praying that I want you to pray for those people and pray for them. Pray for them selfishly. Not like, God, I wish they'd get their attitude right so they'd quit being a pain in my rear. Right? That's not the prayer we're going for. Selfless and humble. Okay? It's an attitude shift. It is an attitude shift on how we pray, how we intercede on others' behalf. So first, I want to pray for the people in California and the San Bernardino shooting. So I'm just going to pray for that. And I'm going to pray for a girl named Caitlin Fermenti, who is in our church. And I'm going to pray for Colette. And Colette has lung cancer. So I'm just going to pray for those three people. And those are three vastly different situations. But, um, and then you guys can glean from that if you'd like and join me in prayer for that. And then after that, I want you to pray for um, your, your list. God, I, <clears throat> right now I lift to you these families who lost loved ones. I lift to you, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why these things keep on happening. God, I hurt for these families. Right now, I just, I beg for your presence to enter their homes. That they would feel your arms of love embracing them and holding them when they feel like they can't go on anymore. God, that you would hold them that you'd restore them in some way, that you'd give them hope. God, I pray for the families of these shooters as they try to make sense of it, as they try to figure out, I can't imagine having a son or a daughter do these kind of things and figure out what caused that. God, we... We lift this whole situation up to you. We, we ask for wisdom and guidance in our, our political leaders that they would make the right choices, that they, 
could set the things in, in motion to actually really protect us. And God, we have opinions and we have, we have thoughts, but we need your protection. We need your guidance. We need your help in this. Because we're not smart enough to figure it out if we already would have. God, we don't know why all this stuff's happening. We need your touch and we need your guidance. Amen. God, I pray for little Caitlin. God, as I see her in pain, it breaks my heart. Lord, I want to see her run. I want to see her play. I want to see her laugh. I want to see her giggle with my daughter. God, as the time comes for this, this fixator, this apparatus stuck in her leg to come out, God, I ask you to heal that bone supernaturally, that you would, you would strengthen that bone stronger than it's ever been, that you would lengthen it to the right size, Lord. God, I want to see her run. No six-year-old should have to walk with a walker. That's for 90-year-olds. God, give her the freedom again. God, I pray for her and her little, just what's going on in her spirit and her mind, that she would be able to process all this or just forget it. (laughs) That she would be healthy or that she would touch her leg. God, I pray for... Missy, and I pray for Steve as they try to be the best parents they possibly can in this situation. God, I ask you to bind them together in new and amazing ways that their marriage would be so strong that nothing can come against them through all the stress of of Caitlin and the surgeries and the, the doctors and the bills and all that stuff that you would hold them tight together, God. Lord, I pray for Missy as she She has struggled so much through all these things and that you've been faithful to her and grown her in ways she never could have imagined. God, I pray for her as she goes through this as a mama and sees her daughter hurting. God, I pray for Steve as he wants to protect his family. He wants to guide his family and he is helpless to do it. God, that you would that you would guard their hearts. You would bind them as a family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, I pray for Colette. As she battles lung cancer, that she's halfway through her, her chemo and radiation, God. There's There's a story to be written here, a story of victory over cancer to be written here, God. And I I pray for healing of her lungs this morning. I pray that that, that you would start to shrink those tumors, that you would remove them from her body, that you would give her health, God. God, as she goes through all the the ups and downs of of radiation and chemo, that you would would keep her strong and keep her faith strong and and hold her close, God. I, I pray for her. I pray for her cells to do what they need to do. And God, I pray that you would remove this cancer from her body. God, I pray for her husband. I pray that he would be steady for her. God, I pray that he would would have patience with her, that he would be able to hold her at the right times and to let her be when she needs to be let be. 
God, I pray for your supernatural wisdom. As they've only been married for a few months, God. That he doesn't know what he's supposed to know yet. God, just, I just ask you to touch Anton. But I thank you for his smile and that he would keep on smiling for his wife. That he'd be able to lift her up when she needs to lift up. Be a shoulder to cry on when, they need, when she needs a shoulder. God, I ask you to, to be with them. To guide them. Help us. If we need to step in in some way, God, will you prompt our hearts? We don't need to wait for an invitation from somebody else. We just need an invitation from you, God, that we would just go and do whatever it is. If that's meals or Christmas presents or hospital visitations or a ride or whatever it is, God, that we would, that we would be your people, that we'd be your hands and feet in this situation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I, I prayed for all three of those without preparation. I picked who I was going to pray for this morning. I didn't write down the prayers. I didn't think it all through. You probably go, we know, Jared, that wasn't eloquent. It's not about the eloquence of words. It's about the, uh, you don't know what to pray, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit knows your heart. And so now as we take a few minutes, I just want you to pray through three or four names to yourself from your Christmas list. You can do this on your own. I want to, before we do that, I want to issue a challenge that has been really uh, strong in my heart about prayer before we, we exit this time is that your kids need to hear you pray for your spouse. If you want to know what kind of man your daughter should be looking for, it should be the one praying for his wife. If you want to know the kind of woman that your son should be looking for, it's the, the woman praying for a husband. You've got to pray for your spouse out loud. Not The only prayers they should hear from you is not, thank you, Lord, for this food, amen. And I'm guilty of this too. Me, the pastor. We've got to pray for in front of our kids so that they know. That's why I'm doing this now as you're, spiritual shepherd to say, this is how you pray, guys. It's easy. But if we never show our kids that, what are we doing? And so I want to challenge you, challenge you, challenge you. Pray out loud in front of your kids. It can change a lot of things in your marriage and in your family and, and how the dinner even tastes. Now, as we take that, I want to pray for your, your Christmas lists. Um, you... After a few minutes, Jimmy's going to just start singing. Uh, if you want to continue to pray, you can. If you want to continue to pray after I dismiss us in a few more minutes, um, you're more than welcome to do that as well. It probably will get loud in here, though, when you do that. Let's pray.